Hey listeners, welcome to Everyday Badass. My name is Megan Lahan, and I'm so excited to have you join us and listen to another one of our incredible guests. So let's meet someone interesting. All right, welcome listeners. I am so excited because I have another wonderfully interesting guest to introduce all of you to. And if you remember from our last guest, our last podcast with Miss Tawana Shaw, um, she had uh, certainly talked about in her story her wonderful mom, Miss Ramona Heisen. And had said, we both said during that podcast, you know, it would be great is if we could get her mom on. And surprisingly, she was in town from Florida, and that's what we're doing. We're making it happen. So today, I'm going to be introducing you to Ramona Heisen and um, getting to hear her story and share that with all of you. So welcome, Ramona. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. And uh, Ramona is um, a mother. She's a nana. She's a wife. She just recently became a great grandma. Mm-hmm. And um, she's also the founder and president of Nelson & Associates, which I'm super excited to get into in that story and how she began this journey. Um, Nelson & Associates is a multifamily management company that's located here in Cincinnati, but you guys also have a district office down in Florida as right. well, correct? Boca Raton, okay. Florida. So, um, And similar to Tawana, when I was sharing Tawana with all of you, that, um, you know, one thing that is very evident from you and um, your family is how wonderfully connected your family is, which I love every time I'm around all of you. So um, we're going to get into all the things. I'm excited to talk about it. But first of all, if you can just tell our listeners, let's start back to the beginning and tell us about Ramona, you know, your upbringing and your story and anything you want to share about your childhood and your family and um, just as we get to know you. Great. Well, again, thank you, Megan, for having me on. Yes. Um, Ramona. Yes. Ramona comes from very humble beginnings. Okay. I'm from the uh, Hill District of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I'm one of three children. I'm the middle child. I'm named after my mother, Ramona. Uh, my mom is still living. She's 88 years old. Wow. I had the yeah. pleasure of seeing her yesterday. Um, wonderful father. Um, he died when I was about 25. Um very strong family, very strong upbringing, but again, very humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, let's see, I went to Knoxville College after graduating from high school. And from there, I ended up uh, getting a job with the Housing Authority of Pittsburgh. Now, was um, that something you knew you wanted to go into, or was that just a... Were you thinking this is just a first job out of college and I'll see how this goes? Or were you wanting to pursue housing at that time? I actually came home and my dad said, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. He said, well, I know the executive director of the housing authority. Let's take you there. Yeah. But I I think I want to back up for just a second about my personal life. Mm -hmm. So I have two children. Uh Uh-huh. My daughter, Tawana, uh, she's my oldest, and my son, John. I have uh, now five grandchildren, and they range in age from 30 to four months. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a Mm great-grandson. So, And I have a wonderful husband, Gregory Heisen, Mm -hmm. who's also in business with us. My daughter and my son 
and my granddaughter are currently in business with us. Yes. Uh, but several members of our family, nephews, son, both son-in-laws, mm-hmm. um, grand, other granddaughter, Channing, uh, they've all worked for us at different times. So it is definitely uh, a family business. And we, yes. we work together and play together and very strong family. Yes, yes. So, well, I love that because, you know, when I was speaking with Tawana, that was one of the things I was asking was, was that ever your intention was for it to be this family business or when you were getting started? So why don't, why don't we go back to when you started with the housing authority? Okay. And then we'll get into this because I'm so curious to see, because it really has morphed into a wonderful family company and organization. And I'm curious to see how all of that unfolded. Okay. So as I said, my first job was with the housing authority in Pittsburgh. And that's where I got into like the section eight program, low income housing. Um, I did that all the way up until about 1978. And that's when I decided to take a job with the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency. Hmm. That was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I wanted to go there, one, because they would pay for my continuing education. Okay, I yeah. wanted to get a master's degree. They pay for that. They had a program where they also pay for you to be a certified property manager. Mm. So those were two of my goals. So I relocated. Uh, went to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, worked for the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency, and really got into the public side of administration for affordable housing. Okay. After I was there, and I did get my master's degree from the University of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. They paid for that. It's amazing. I just took one course at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, Then after, I also, during that same time, I got my certified property manager designation through the Institute of Real Estate Management. They paid for that. Yeah. And so then the opportunity came uh, to move to Cincinnati, Ohio, and I did in about 1984-85. And at that time I went from being in the public sector to being in the private sector because I took a job as a regional manager for mm-hmm. Romanco Inc, which was a property management company uh located in Chicago. So it was my job to develop the region. They had sensed that there was a need for affordable housing um, managers in the Cincinnati area, that mm-hmm. there were some troubled properties, and so they were looking for a regional manager. Okay. I took that position. Um, and so I was able to develop the region. They were they were correct in that. And I did that for about three years. I developed the Cincinnati market, West Virginia, uh, brought on new properties. Um, but then they decided that they no longer wanted to be in the affordable housing industry. Mm. And they wanted to concentrate on on market rate housing. Okay. And so they called in all the regional managers, which I was one. Mm -hmm. But I think what is key and what I like to share with people is that I sense that. I sense that when they called us in and they called us from different areas, I had sensed that they wanted out. Mm -hmm. And so I had already talked to an attorney Mm -hmm. and had my legal pad and knew what 
I want it and that I want it to take my region. Uh, So when I went into that meeting, I was prepared. Other regional managers came out of that meeting. I could see them in a hallway head down. Scared and felt like they were blindsided and you were very prepared for this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's key. Any 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 time when I talk to young people, I mean, it's key to make mm-hmm. sure that you're assessing things and that you take advantage of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So when I came out of that meeting, I came out of it with the understanding that they would support me, give me a letter of support to give to the owners um, and, you know, sell me the equipment, the office space, and that they would make it a good transition for me. Mm-hmm. So. The name of that company was Romantco. My name is Ramona. And so owners had no problem making the transition <laughs> because they right. never saw anybody from Romantco. All they saw was me. And I don't know, they associated me with Romantco. Yeah. But the name of the company was Nelson and Associates. And we started out in 1987. And um, we continued to grow. And, and we knew that our niche was in affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a, we developed a relationship with Western Southern Life Insurance Company. We manage their um, low-income tax credit portfolio, a lot of nonprofit organizations, um, church, uh, faith-based organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that in 2015, I decided that I wanted to move to Florida. Mm-hmm. By that time, both of my kids were grown, had graduated from college, and both had expressed an interest in the business. Tawana came on early on mm-hmm. uh, when I was in a little pickle. and um, She shared that story <laughs> yeah. in her, her last one where yes. mama said, I need you. Right. And, right. Yeah. I was in a pickle. And, and really, you know, this is when all the computers, I knew nothing about computers right. and all this accounting. And I, I, I was in a situation and she came to the office. And next thing I know, she's messing with the computer. She's going in the software. I'm like, oh, don't touch it. <laughs> you know? And she's like, I know what I'm doing. And she did. And she cleaned everything up. And yeah. at that point, I'm like, oh, my, I need you. I need you to stay. And so she did. Uh, very proud of Tawana. She's our chief operating officer. Yes. And she, too, has her CPM. So mm-hmm. uh, I think we're a, a dynamic duo. I, 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 I think love so working too. Uh, yes. with her. And then my son went to Wittenberg University. And I wanted to wait until he graduated, uh, to John. I wanted to wait till he graduated to see if he had an interest in the business, and he did. Mm-hmm. And so once he came on board, um, I, I thought, okay, now I want to go to Florida. And I, I just sensed, too, that there was a market for affordable housing and, and for a management company, a minority-owned, a mm-hmm. woman-owned who could relate to a lot of the residents and and the issues and take pride in, in the management. And so I moved to uh, Boca Raton, Florida at the time and developed the business there. In Florida, we do business as diverse real estate services. Okay. Nelson and Associates doing business as diverse real estate services. Mm-hmm. And so we got our first contract there, I think, in about 2007. Uh, the business has grown tremendously. Um, my husband 
uh, Greg Heisen came on board, and he brought to the table the development piece. Okay. Uh, Greg is a, has a very strong background in development. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to put that final piece to the puzzle that we just weren't able to do. He helps with the property management, but he also helps with the acquisitions. Mm. And so we have acquired um, a few properties in uh, informing other partnerships. Uh, we've also formed a nonprofit in Florida, Diverse Housing Services, and mm-hmm. he serves as the executive director. Wow. Listen to all that. I mean, really, doesn't it make you stop sometimes? And when you look back and you think about from where it was to where it is now, I mean, I know even sometimes I would think pride just doesn't even seem like it does it justice, you know, with what you've built over all of this time. Sure. We get great pleasure Mm -hmm. out of making a difference Mm -hmm. um, in people's lives, especially people that uh, low income, very low income, the single moms, mm-hmm. a lot of people, moderate income families as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay. A lot of people that seem to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely try to provide um, a good place for them to live. Yeah. Um, it, it's challenging in mm-hmm. managing affordable housing. Um it, it is a challenge, mm-hmm. but I would say that is our niche. Mm-hmm. Um, we we will manage market rate housing, other type of housing, commercial, but affordable housing is our niche. Yeah. Well, you know, we are in similar fields and, um, you know, we have uh, properties that run the gamut as well. We're not in the low income, moderate income space, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I... Um, agree with you entirely and resonates with me and something that I champion with our teams and within our company is, um, you know, it doesn't matter to me if somebody is paying, you know, $300, $500 or $2,000 a month, it's their home. And, you know, we're in a position where we provide homes and it's the biggest payment they write out a month. You want them to be proud of their home. You want them Mm -hmm. to enjoy having their family over, to feel safe in their home, to feel, you know, that this is something that they are proud of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really, um, it's a big responsibility, but I look at it as a privilege that Mm -hmm. we have the ability to do that. And I love hearing you share that as well, because, um, you know, that is the space that we're in, which is providing homes for people. And and Mm -hmm. it's everybody. Everybody needs that. Definitely. I like we like to also encourage partnerships. Mm-hmm. So we definitely try to work very closely with law enforcement, uh, other community organizations, um, especially right now through the pandemic, making sure that we're connected, that our residents are connected. That, uh, for example, uh, my granddaughter. Uh, Chelsea, who mm-hmm. works with us, she recently, yesterday or day before, she went up to Toledo, Ohio, and to one of our properties up there, and she helped participate in the um, community food bank that comes to the property. Yeah, and they distribute food to the residents, mm-hmm. so it's very important that we're tapped into all of those kinds of um, partnerships, even 
back-to-school events, making sure all of our kids have book bags and mm-hmm. supplies and and all of that. So keeping a pulse on the community and what helps support your residents definitely in your in your properties. Definitely. Well, you know, I'd love to go back to when you were you had mentioned that you had this sense that this mm-hmm. was happening when they called all the regionals in and mm-hmm. and you know that you knew that they were probably going to say okay we're not going to stay and play in this game anymore and we want to move to this different sector mm-hmm. would you say that that's something that you've always had that mm-hmm. sense you know like when you're saying you like to share with young people about being prepared mm-hmm. and i think part of that um, is about having strong intuition and being a pulse, having a pulse on what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you just feel like you've had, mm-hmm. like innately? That's something that served you well. Is just having that intuition and being aware of what's going on, and so mm-hmm. that's part of what helped you be prepared for that transition when it happened. I definitely do. Yeah, um, I think I do have that little sense, that feeling. I think I I read people pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that little sense of confidence, I, I tell you, when that happened, mm-hmm. I, I reached out to people around me. I said, you know, the president of, of Romanco is asked to meet with me, and I think they're going to offer me this region. And so I need to be prepared. I need to talk to an attorney. I need to talk to this. I mean, what about this? What? I, and I, I won't mention any names, but a few people laughed mm-hmm. and thought I was out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And, and my response was, just humor me. Mm-hmm. Just humor me and help me be prepared for this. I love that. And for that, I, I mean, I was literally right on point to the point that they even asked before I left that meeting. They mm. said, you're prepared and we can tell. I mean, we see your your legal pad. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you know? Mm-hmm. And it was because I sensed it and... I, I'm I moved. I moved quickly. So well, not only that, what I love too is that you weren't afraid to reach out for guidance right. and support and help mm-hmm. and armor yourself with mm-hmm. everything that you needed to know going into that meeting and that mm-hmm. potential opportunity that was going to happen. Right. Is that something that you I mean, obviously you continue to do that, you know, mm-hmm. par- have these partnerships and link arms with other people and say, mm-hmm. help me you know, learn what I need to learn in order to be prepared for this. Right. That's very important. Yeah. Partnerships are very important. Networking is very important. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I definitely make sure I take the time to connect with people, Mm -hmm. um, to network with people, uh, and to seek guidance. Uh, In in running your own business, um, definitely you want to Make sure you have good legal counsel. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you have good accountants. Uh, you want to make sure that you have relationships with other property management companies. So that yes. sometimes you can just, your competitors, you mm-hmm. can just talk with them and just see how they're handling certain situations. How, how are they liking their software? Do right. they have any recommendations? And so I pride myself in maintaining relationships. Yeah. Tawana and I were talking about that as well during her, um, you know, uh, opportunity to sit down and connect was we definitely bounce ideas off each Mm -hmm. other being in that uh, similar industry and, you know, look at it as propelling each other and helping everybody make be better, which is only serves your communities and your customers and your employees better. Um, And so it is very important to have all of that. Um, So do you think, were you ever really aware 
I mean, back then, I mean, when, when Tawana was talking about this, I will tell you, I was just kind of mind blown. I mean, 1987, <laughs> you know, being a female, starting her own business, minority owned African-American woman launching this business, mm-hmm. navigating that, negotiating for yourself, making it happen. I mean, were you aware of the magnitude of that then? Or you were just in, I'm just going to make this happen. This is what I want to pursue. So you're just head down and and going for it. Because that's a big deal. I mean, you're a strong woman. I look back on it and and I see that. Yeah. But but to be honest, I never, ever felt those kind of limitations. I just kind of felt like um, I could do what whatever anyone else could do. Yeah. I made sure that, you know, I, I... Education was key. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting certain designations of key. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure along the way that I had broker's license. I mean, I'm a licensed real estate broker in about five different states, and so just making sure that I had all of the requirements, and then from there, I'm moving forward. Right. I I really have never allowed. Uh, being a female, being mm-hmm. a minority, mm-hmm. uh, hold me back. I've mm-hmm. always just moved forward just as anyone else would. Yeah. So, so you just knew I'm going to take away any roadblocks or barriers. I'm going to make sure that I have the designations and the education and everything that I need. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, I'm just as deserving as anybody else. And you had confidence yeah. in yourself. I mean, you can mm-hmm. tell that as well, which I think is a big key of believing in yourself that you can do this. Well, and I'm going to give that to my parents. Yeah. I'm going to say that uh, my parents always, always encouraged us, mm-hmm. um, always led us to believe that we could do anything. I mean, as a little kid coming from very humble beginnings, uh, you would hear me say, oh, when I go to college— yeah. Well, neither one of my parents had ever went to college. And right. People in their family hadn't went to college, but they had instilled that in us that we were going to college. So mm-hmm. what I proudly would say in case my mom hears this podcast is that she has three children. Yeah. All three of them went to college and mm-hmm. two of them have master's degrees. And mm-hmm. so that is because of the way that she raised us to believe that we could do whatever. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Very true. Yes. So speaking of moms, you know, during this whole time, you became a mom to two. Yes. While growing and scaling a business. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, how was that? I mean, I, I personally sometimes struggle with the word balance, you know, and your Mm -hmm. balance of being a mom and being a working mom and all the things. Because I think sometimes, sometimes you can be great in the mom role and sometimes you're not Mm because sometimes you have to be great in the work world. And that means that you're missing something of your kiddos or something. That's Mm -hmm. just, that's part of being a working mom. Mm -hmm. But um, let's talk about that. You growing this business and starting this business and being a mother and raising Tawana and John. I'm going to say I'm a good multitasker, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to say that they, they had, uh, you know, I didn't do this all along. Mm-hmm. Um, they their their fathers were very good mm-hmm. um, in assisting um, and encouraging and supporting. Um, at the time, I was married to John's father, mm-hmm. and he, very good father to both John and Tawana. Yeah, so he 
always was there, had my back in terms of my uh, going to school and, and encouraging and, and all of that. So Supporting you and helping with everything that needed to happen. Definitely. Yeah. So what I will say is a one, I'm a, I'm a good multitasker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you can be a professional. You can have your own business and you can have children. I agree. Um, I, I'm fairly organized. Um, and my kids are nine years apart. Mm-hmm. And so that helped because Tawana was there to help with John. Yeah. When I had John is when I did, uh, was taking courses to get my master's and when I was getting my CPM. Mm-hmm. Uh, but between Tawana and their dad, you know, I was able to, you know, get all of that done. Mm-hmm. So when you have a nine-year-old and you have a newborn, he he was like her baby doll. Yeah. And so, you know, oftentimes she would just take him in her room and I could study and I could yeah. write papers and work on a thesis and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So I, I would encourage any woman that 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 you can mm-hmm. be a professional, you can pursue your career, and yes, you can have children, and that there's there's a balance yeah, to that. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that Tawana and I talked about, and I'm glad you mentioned this as well, is that um, it doesn't ever happen singularly. You really do need the help and the right. support. And um, one of the things I shared with her was that that was something for me that definitely took one of the longest lessons for me to learn was for asking for help mm-hmm. instead of just feeling like you have to shoulder it all on your own because mm-hmm. it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And um, I would assume that you probably had help as well. Were there additional family members or maybe uh, anybody else in your life that was somebody that helped you with the kids or anything that really helped you pursue work and all this other stuff so that you could get the balance? We have a very strong family. Yeah. So between mothers and grandmothers and aunts, uh, with my immediate family, my Mm -hmm. sister, my mom, uh, even as we work today. Yeah. um, We're busy. Uh, What are you doing? What could you watch the baby while I do this? We're still doing that. Aunts and yeah. uh, It takes a village. Uh huh. And we definitely use our village. I love that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Was that something, um, did you grow up witnessing that too? Was that how your family was as you were growing up? Your mom and maybe aunts or uncles? I mean, this is something you can tell is evident within your family today. Right. Was that something that was just always part of who you were? I was, my mom's one of 12. Wow. Um, and she is actually, my grandfather was a, a coal miner. So yeah. she too comes from humble beginnings from the, the hills of West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, we have a very strong family reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're on about our 45th, 46th year. Oh, it's amazing. Um, so the family, we have a, a quite a history um, and strong relationships. But in terms of our family, mm-hmm. uh, my mom and my dad, they were our anchor. So yeah. you, you would get to go, you know, spend a week with your grandmother in West Virginia. I would get to go to my aunt's house and mm-hmm. spend a night. Uh, but basically, my mom and dad, they held it down for mm-hmm. us. Uh, once I became—and then as I was growing and developing— um, my mom definitely was an anchor 
I could, with Tawana mm-hmm. in particular, um, I lived not far from her. So yeah. she would always keep Tawana. And even when I moved, uh, if I came back on business or whatever, I could bring Tawana. She would always keep Tawana. So I'm going to say my mom mm-hmm. has definitely been the anchor in our family. And I kind of modeled my behavior from yeah. her with my own kids. Um, and I'd say Tawana does the same with her own kids. Yeah, I can see uh, that. Definitely. Yeah. So it's it's definitely strong family ties. Yes. Family is everything ties. I agree. And, you know, it is something um, I was asking Tawana, too. I said, you know, do you, again, it's one of those things that you wonder because it's so natural within your own family that this is how you all interact and communicate Mm -hmm. with one another and have each other's back. And it doesn't mean that there isn't discord and challenges at times. That's Mm -hmm. part of being family, too. There's nothing perfect. Um, But, you know, in the times that I have been to Tawana and Al's home, one of the things that's so palpable and um, and you've been there too at times when mm-hmm. I'm there is that it is just everybody is welcome. Mm-hmm. Everybody is an extension of our family. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, that is something really to be proud of. It, it really doesn't exist everywhere. Right. And um, I wondered if that's something from you. Do you see that when you're there in their home when you come and um, visit? And is it something that brings you pride and, and love and touches you, seeing that that's a continuing and extending beyond your upbringing? I am extremely proud of Tawana Mm-hmm. And Alan and and John and Alex don't want to leave them out. Yeah. But I'm going to say Tawana and Al and their home and the warm feeling that you get when you're there. Yes. Um, even with me being in Florida, mm-hmm. I feel good that that, you know, they're here and they're the anchor. Yeah. And that. You know, all the family gets together there, the extended family. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you go to Tawana now, it's not only you, but it's your in-laws. And right. You know, when when her brother comes and it's his wife and, and baby, then it's her mom and dad. And right. so everybody feels welcome. And um, they've done exceptionally well. And I, I'm very proud of them. I'm sure Tawana mentioned Alan started out working for us. Yes. Uh, early on. So it's it's been a joy to see him uh, develop and start his own business mm-hmm. and do so well. It's it's I I love it. it just, yes, it makes me very proud. Oh, good, definitely. And I want to say though, I have to say this too. Yes, like my sister, her we they call her Aunt Sweetie. Mm-hmm. Um, she too uh, was an anchor. So at any time. Uh, Aunt Sweetie was there for not only my kids, but also Tawana's kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, she now lives in Florida, but she also was the anchor. She lived next door to Tawana, so she could always help out uh, with the kids. And all any of them had to do was yeah. call Aunt Sweetie, and she was there. There's always a resource. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like for sure, a Definitely. connection and a resource. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about Florida. Definitely. Because when I see your pictures, I said this too. I'm like, you're living your best life. Yeah. I love it. I, I miss my family, but I love that Florida weather and yes. all of that. So you exercise yes. all the time. I yes. see that yes. out on the bike. And 
And um, you guys are very active down in yes. Florida. You're obviously very active in your church as well yes. that I see. Yes. So strong woman of faith. Yes. New Mount Olive Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Pastor Marcus Davison. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Marcus Davidson gets a plug on the podcast. (laughs) So, you know, what do you enjoy most about being down there? How is it serving you well in this stage of your life? I mean, you're still heavily involved in the business. Yes. And you are continuing to grow down there as well as up here in Cincinnati. But it does seem like you have a really good rhythm of what serves you. Ramona well and how you're feeding your own happiness and what are some of those things that really fill you up today in this stage of your life? Well, Florida for me, one is just the weather. I love the weather. Um, And so we can uh, ride bikes and be out all year round. And I, I absolutely love that. But we have been able develop that into a a whole community with church, Mm -hmm. with all of our employees. I mean, our operation in Florida is as big as it is in Ohio and Indiana also. So um, the relationships, you know, our our employees are, are, it's like a family. Mm -hmm. And so just seeing them develop and grow and see the business grow, um, we just truly enjoy the atmosphere, the friendships. We mm-hmm. have a lot of friends there. Um, my husband and I, but more my husband, is very active mm-hmm. uh, in the church. Um, and we get a lot of of good feelings from yeah. all Yeah, fulfillment from Definitely. all of that. Definitely. Yeah. Good. So... Um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I love this. Great. I really appreciate you sharing well, your story. You. I I really was, you know, I, I've enjoyed being around you, but I haven't gotten to know you very well in the times that I've been at Alan Tawana's. And when Tawana was sharing her story and, you know, I just felt like, you know, there's something really big for you to share with your story, which is mm-hmm. a lot of grit and determination. And what I love is that there's just never a ceiling. You know, there's never been a ceiling for you. There's never been a glass ceiling. It's just, you know, um, you believe in it and you're just going to go conquer it and you bring people along with you. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of it as well. It's something I try to do in my life, which Mm is um, lift as you continue to climb, you know, bring others with you. Right. And um, it's really evident that you do that as well and you live your life like that. So I'm very appreciative that you shared all of this with our listeners. Thank you very much. I um, have a final five list of questions that I ask every guest when they are here, okay? So you Mm. don't have to be prepared for it. This is just on the spot. Let's see what's in Ramona's head and heart, okay? The first one is, what are you most proud of personally? My children. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I'm very, very proud of my children and their families. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of them. And how they're living and creating their families. Right. Yeah. And my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of my mom. Yeah. Um, okay. Describe your perfect day. If you could, hmm. some a day that you just think, gosh, that was really awesome, or a day that you you seek or think of, what does that look like? A perfect day starts out with meditation uh, and then breakfast and then 
uh, riding my bike with my husband, at least doing about 15 miles, and then coming back and working and not having any crazy thing go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Just a good work day. Just a good work day. And then maybe a little later on in the evening, relax with a glass of wine, a little news, and a good movie. That's a good day for me. And I end my day in prayer. Yes. That's a good day. Yeah. That's a beautiful day. Yeah. All right. What do you think is one of the greatest lessons that's taken you the longest to learn? Hmm. Hmm. Oh. I'm going to have to think about that. The great, a lesson that's taken me. Like for me, you know, one of the things I shared was that it, asking for help was something for me that took a long time for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was okay to ask for help and not feel like I've just got to do this all on my own. I've had some other um, guests who've shared that um, just being okay with themselves that where they are right now with themselves is, you know, that they're okay and that's okay. Um, but, you know, lessons that we think of that maybe took us a while to to get there or to be okay with. Is there anything that comes to mind? For me, I'm going to say probably just totally acknowledging and appreciating um a lot of my accomplishments. I, I think yeah. as I've gone through the motions, it was just me doing what I do. And now that I reflect back on it, mm-hmm. I don't know that at the time that I appreciated yeah. what I was doing. Right. So, you know. So being comfortable with what you have accomplished. And, and, and feeling and knowing it. Yeah. Know, knowing that. What you're doing is something, you know. It's impacting people and it's important. Right. And being proud of that. Right. But being able to be in the moment of it. Being in the moment of it. Yeah. I think that's what I need to learn to do more of. Be in in the moment. Mm -hmm. Because I'm always thinking ahead. And instead of enjoying this. Yes. I'm planning the next. I got you. Yeah. I, I can do that as well quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I understand that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what do you want your legacy to be when you think of your legacy and, you know, what people think of you or um, what do you hope that conjures in people? That I made a difference, mm-hmm. a positive difference in people's lives. Yeah. That's what I want. Love that. Yeah. All right. And your last one is, what piece of advice do you think you need to hear right now? What does Ramona need to hear right now as a piece of advice to herself? Hmm. Probably that, if I understand your question correctly, Mm -hmm. that things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That this country is going to calm down yep. and that we are going to treat everyone fairly and and equally mm-hmm. and that we'll be done with a lot of the foolishness. I want to 
get back to something that feels normal. Mm-hmm. Um, get through the pandemic. Uh, get through this hateful part of our our country. Um, you know, I came up in the in the fifties and mm-hmm. the sixties, and um, even with my background, I will say I'm taken back by where we are today. Where we are right and now. And I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. So. so you want to tell yourself that it's going to be okay and have faith that we're going to get to a better place. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. I agree with that. I hope for that as well. Definitely. I pray for it a lot. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you again for sharing your story, taking time out of your trip while you were here to come spend time with with me and these listeners here for Everyday Badass. Um, You, I mean, without a doubt, are an Everyday Badass, and I'm inspired by you, and I'm so appreciative that you took the time to come and share your story with all of these listeners. And thank you so much, Megan. This was fun. Good. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Everyday Badass. And whatever platform you are listening to this podcast on, I would greatly appreciate if you can download, share, like, write a review, and just continue to support us and listen to these podcasts moving forward. Thanks so much. Bye.